This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Tonight's guest is Pamela. Pamela, thank you for coming. I know so little about you, only that you are on quite a journey. So tell us about yourself. Yes, I am. So um, I have basically wandered 40 years in the desert. Mm -hmm. Uh, Almost exactly 40 years. I spent most of my life since I was probably 12, and I'm 52 now. So Mm -hmm. since I was about 12, when I first wanted to hang myself in the barn, Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the first time I felt pain, I slipped with a knife cutting something and stuck it into my thigh. And mm. and um, that's the first time that I was like, wow, that feels good, you know? So, yeah. But I didn't have enough. I, I was too scared to cut until I went to university, mm. so... Going to university, um, I grew up in Saskatchewan, went to university in Lethbridge, and that's when things really started to fall apart. Mm. So um, the river was calling to me, wanting me to drown myself, and there was like objects turning into different things, Mm -hmm. chasing me around the university at night. So being away from home for the very first time, I guess I kind of lived a little bit of a sheltered life mm. in Saskatchewan in the hills. <laughs> we were on um, a farm or? Because I grew up on a ranch. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful ranch. Yeah. So leaving home was quite traumatic for mm. me. So I ended up in the hospital right away. And then that's when I really started partying mm. to just to try to cope with things. Yeah. So... And what were you leaving from when you left the ranch? What were you leaving? Was there something specific you were leaving or just moving on with your life kind of thing? Just, I wanted to go to university to be a teacher. Okay. Yeah. I dropped out after two months because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't do it. I ended up going to Pinocchio and mm-hmm. I just, that, I, that's when I first got really drugged up. I could stay awake for about five minutes at a time with mm. all the held all I was on and stuff. Yeah. So, 
yeah, those older psych meds yeah, are no the best. <laughs> they so. probably still use some of those too. They still actually use Haldol mixed with Ativan yeah. is good. Yeah. It's really good, like yeah. when you're really upset. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's Just a little Haldol and a little Ativan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. How long were you in the hospital for? Between three hospitals, six months. That okay. was my first long stint, six months. Yeah. Um. I ended up, my mom ended up coming to pick me up from Pinocchio, and then I ended up in a hospital in Saskatchewan, and then another hospital in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, mm -hmm. and that's where I got my first shock treatments. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. They're still doing that, eh? Yeah, and you know, they were a lot more barbaric, I guess, when I was 18, because yeah. I lost control of my bodily functions mm -hmm. for a time. Not I just memory, but I... Oh, even after bodily functions, just while I was in the while hospital. While you were in the hospital, yeah. But so did the did the effects of the electroshock therapy? Um, did they last longer than say a day? Like, do you know some of those effects, like not being able to control body functions? Or in, I don't remember. You don't remember. <laughs> no, fair enough. But and, and I just know this is because my mom told me mm, that. Yeah. Happened, but it got me out of the hospital. So yeah, doing this got me the out therapy. of a six-month stint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, what was it like? What's it like? Did you have to go back to that kind of therapy? Like, because I honestly, I don't know what it's like. To, I know what it's like to have your brain like beat up. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to have have your brain like shocked. Zapped. Well, I've, yeah. I've had three different times of a course of ECT mm -hmm. so um, it does get you out of the hospital it gets you <laughs> like, out of the hospital and that's kind of I mean of when you're looking at you know when you've already done six months and they're ready to sign another you know bunch of papers that say mm -hmm. you're going to be there another six months unless you do it you, yeah. you, you do it finally yeah. yeah geez that must have been a hard decision to make yeah it is because when you're laying there in bed in the morning and they come down to get you and, and to go get your mm -hmm. treatment it's, it's like i don't know it feels like dead man walking you're yeah. walking down the yeah and you know it's gonna take a hell of a lot out of you because mm. i mean you're it's general anesthetic every other day so is it can be rough yeah yeah jeez yeah yep. how'd you bounce back or did you right away? Like, what happened after you left well, the hospital? Well, I used to... For, so, for those 40 years, I spent probably 150 days a year in the hospital. Mm. So, I spent more time in the hospital than I did out half yeah. most of the time. And there was um, a lot of, of self-harm, a lot of suicide mm. attempts. And... Um, drinking off and on drugs off and on mm. just trying to cope yeah yeah but i find i lived in calgary for a time and man the cops here don't treat you very well when you're having a no uh rough time no mm -hmm. no 
get drug out of the house with your sock feet in the pouring rain. You mm -hmm. don't even get, they don't even let you put shoes on, nothing. So What was going on? Whenever I would, um, I usually called the distress center when okay. I was having issues. Yeah. Yep. And then um, when I got, I got pregnant at 24 when I had my baby the day after I went off the deep end mm. uh, as well. So um, I ended up, well, we ended up dealing with uh, child services because mm. I couldn't cope with my, yeah. my husband had gone, so I couldn't cope with my own mental illness mm. and then having a little baby. So yeah. that was really hard. No doubt. Yeah. And did you have any family support like throughout that time? When she was five months old, I was having psychosis thinking that she was out against me. Mm -hmm. And so every time she cried, I thought she was doing it for punishment. Yeah. And so I shook her and I told my doctor and my doctor called child welfare. And so I was dealing with them and getting some help about what to do. And then one day I didn't take her to daycare like I was supposed to. And they came and got her that night, mm. took her away. And she was five months old and I was breastfeeding. Oh, wow. So I had to stop immediately. So that was a that was that mm -hmm. was rough. My my husband was still with me, and he found me unconscious because I'd taken a cocktail of medication because it was devastating. Mm -hmm. So after they took the, your child, so, yeah, then your husband found you. Yep. Okay. Yep. So the system is so broken sometimes because I mean it was a, I was in a coma for two days, and then as soon as I woke up, they're will you do this again? I know to say no, so no, I won't. Yeah. And they let you go home. Seems mm. kind of silly after pretty a, after a serious It, it attempt, does. But. It does seem silly. Like, and what's, what's the reasoning? Because did you say the next day? Two days like, later two days when later? I woke up out of, because like I was in a coma for yeah. two days. So you wake up out of a coma and then they let you go. They said, it's a good thing you were in a coma because you had to stop breastfeeding. It would have been very painful to oh just stop. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So then they said, now that you've stopped, you can go? Yep. Hmm. Yep. I, we have an interesting system, hey? Really? Yeah, and by yep. interesting, I'm using that yep. term loosely, but yep. that's quite, that's to me, and you're dealing with professionals who know what you're going through mm -hmm. at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Like for them... Hey, sugar. The dog is. Hi, sugar. <laughs> My little therapy dog is uh, whining. She came with me today. I'm glad so. you brought her. She's, her and I are tight. Yeah? Yeah. Well, tell us about her. Because she's here and she's cute. And... <laughs> she, she's, she sticks around me quite a bit. Mm. Um, and she even went, she just got off psych meds herself. She had to go on psych meds for a while because she was going through something. Oh, really? And so her and I both kind of went through a lot of stress together over the last, since April. Mm. 
and we moved and we just seemed to find a lot of happiness all of a sudden we moved out of our stress and so mm -hmm. she went off psych meds and i'm going off my psych meds as well oh, with no. doctor's permission yeah i have to add because a lot of people <laughs> are yeah well i'm glad you added that and the reason why is because some people will do it on their own yes and and it's not good yeah you yeah. can probably tell us why it's not good yes right. i have spent many years being non-med compliant mm -hmm. i know exactly what that's like yeah and so yeah. He, and, and it's important right to make it's sure that it's important to have your psychiatrist yes yeah thank you for saying that because yes. I, I, I try important. to say that all the time to people because it's it's too much of a shock to the system right yeah because some of those some of those drugs are pretty powerful well and your your psychiatrist not, might not agree that you can do that mm -hmm. I mean I've been declared in remission in addictions and mental illness mm -hmm. so that doesn't that doesn't happen very often so he's you know said well, mm -hmm. we i've gone off my mood stabilizer my anti-anxiety i've gone down in my antidepressant i'm going off my anti-psychotic oh great yeah well, so congratulations. i've gone from 300 milligrams of seroquel to mm -hmm. 100. so now nice. after years of that it's i'm having to relearn how to sleep mm -hmm. so i'm a little tired but i'm Bound and determined. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, and and you're pretty determined. Yep. So you you've but done quite a bit. Also, going off meds. When I went from 15 milligrams of antidepressant to 10 to five, you also need people around you who's going to say, "Whoa, dude! Like you need to go home and take that other half of antidepressant." Because mm -hmm. I had a friend that's watching me, and this summer she was like, "You got to go home, take that other half," because you're spiraling yeah so you need that person to be able to mm -hmm. so it's really important to build a support network right like oh yes of people who oh, don't bullshit yes. you oh yes yeah because i mean in, in a situation certain situations like being bullshitted is dangerous right like mm -hmm. especially if we're medicated yeah. which i am as well and, and like yeah. you can't you can't get around the fact that if a person just stops taking their meds there's going to be a poor reaction. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, because yeah. that's just the way those and a meds lot are of them, designed. You can't, you, it's, you'll, your withdrawal symptoms will be horrid. Yeah. 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 I've, I, I've heard that sometimes the withdrawal symptoms when you're coming off of them are like basically having your illness magnified by a thousand. Right. Like, yeah. And, and that's kind of yeah. how my doctor described yeah. it to me. Because, like, if I miss a few days or yeah. a couple days of my yeah. antidepressant, um, the brain just goes completely reverts back to it's almost like my depression takes steroids mm -hmm. when I'm coming off of it I, I can, I can have a drunk feeling as well and I yeah. don't like feeling drunk yeah so. no shit yeah especially because you work so hard to not drink right so yeah my recovery journey is not quite what a dreams are made oh, of so there's more to life than a dreams my friend <laughs> i tried the aa route mm -hmm. and it did get me stopped yeah i couldn't stay stopped i didn't i didn't like going and talking about my problems and hearing everybody else's problems and kept thinking there's something wrong with me because i can't i just don't like this mm -hmm. program and everybody else is so into it 
And when I left, you know, some of the remarks are, well, she thinks Jesus is going to save her. And he did. Mm. Well, <laughs> if it worked for you, it worked for you, right? <laughs> I went to Freedom Sessions. I live in okay. Claire's home, so I drove down to Lethbridge and went to Freedom Sessions and did the beginning to the end. And So what are Freedom Sessions? Freedom Sessions are a 12-step-based faith program. And there's a beginning, beginning and an end. For addiction? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, I mean, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be addiction. Okay. It could be anything you want to stop. So uh, I went and um, then I found, after that, then I found a church family. Mm-hmm. And I call myself recovered. And... I'm very happy not going to AA groups. Mm -hmm. And now this is just what works for me. Yeah, of course. Uh, They work for a lot of people, but it just wasn't the solution-based program I needed. Mm -hmm. And I needed to expand my world because for a long time I lived in a little mental health world. And so Mm -hmm. this is the little box you live in. Yeah. And then when I started going to AA and NA and CA, Mm -hmm. that was another little box Mm -hmm. that I lived in. I needed more than that little box. And my psychiatrist even said to me, he removed a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. Mm. And that's pretty huge for me. And he said, well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. He said, what did you do? Because I want to be able to tell others. Mm -hmm. I started living like I didn't have a mental illness or an addiction. Mm -hmm. I started living like a normal person. So I started being involved in my community. I started doing more than just living in that little mental health Mm -hmm. box or that little recovery box. Mm And just started living like I didn't have issues. Yeah. Like everybody else does. And so how how did that go at first? Was it hard to make an adjustment from the the 12-step anonymous groups to moving into a more, well, freedom sessions and getting it elsewhere? Like going elsewhere, how did it impact you? I started like going out to community things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's... It's sometimes it's still hard to go somewhere, especially mm-hmm. I don't have a partner. So sometimes to show up at things, you feel a little weird, but yeah. I know everybody there anyway. I live yeah. in a small community, but sometimes it's still hard. I went to a party the other day and I wore, <laughs> I wore my Superman cape just because it makes me feel a little Super. braver. So yeah. I show up in it and then... People say, wow, people are like, wow, I wish I was brave enough to wear a cape. Mm -hmm. And so can we swear? Yes. Okay. Because so that became one of my little things. It's just like, just wear the fucking cape. Yeah. 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 Just put the fucking cape on. Yeah. Put the fucking cape on. Go to the party. Yeah. So it's hard to go out and do those Mm -hmm. things. But I go out and do them. Yeah. 
If it's scary, I'd like to take it off. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's scary. Okay, let's go do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what brought you into sobriety? What got you to go to AA in the first place? What got me to go to AA in the first place? Or to sober up, to think about sobering up. Because most of the people I've kept, met, yeah. they didn't come into AA by accident. So. Yeah. My daughter was a teenager and she... So my daughter growing up, she spent a lot of time with me and a lot of time not with me. A lot of time took a village to raise that mm-hmm. child. Um, spent some time with her dad, some time with grandparents, friends. Like it really mm-hmm. did take a village. When she was 14, she came back to live with me full time and never left again until she left as an, as an adult. So, um, she was a teenager living at home and I kept saying to her, am I drinking too much? I think I'm drinking too much. Mm. And she'd say, oh no, mom, you're not drinking too much. But I don't think she knew how much I was drinking. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I ended up in the hospital, a hot mess in the little community hospital. And I said, to the doctor, I think I need help. So they sent me to Landers. Mm-hmm. And um, Landers is an 18-day program in Claire's home. But I was so terrified that I didn't really get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Except for I got the clear message that if you don't forgive yourself, you will die. Mm-hmm. So that's when I first started figuring out, okay, well, maybe there's some things I need to figure out here and forgive myself for, mm-hmm. or I'm going to kill myself over it. Yeah. And it'll probably be accidental because mm. I didn't really want to die, but yeah. I took a lot of chances with my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she was trying to get down. Sorry about that. <laughs> Dogs are so my, distracting. My last um, suicide attempt, I went to the hospital and the doctor said, borderline personalities do this and borderline personalities do that and mm-hmm. did not speak to me like I was a human being standing in front of him. So I went home and took a cocktail of meds and... Um, the doctor said, if she lives, she lives. She dies, she dies. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do about it. So I happened to survive, and that was my last time. I finally figured my daughter was so mad at me because I took them all the meds right in front of her. Mm-hmm. She didn't know I was taking them, but she was yeah. there. She was pretty mad at me, and I was like, I can't do this to her. Mm-hmm. And then I had a conversation with a lady um, that said her her mom killed herself when Mm -hmm. she was younger and she's never gotten over it. And that was 40, 50 years before. It's like, I can't do that to my daughter. I need to, I need to shape up here. Mm -hmm. So that seems like a very solid bottom, right? Like where you, you knew that like, if you go any further, it's probably going to end. But I still did do some, I just did quite a few slip ups. But the last time I slipped up, I was in the liquor store and I came out with my daughter standing there in the street 
Oh. What you doing, Mom? Mm-hmm. I said, um, one last drunk. And she just turned around, got in her car, and drove away. Mm. And I've never forgotten that. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been hard. It was. Yeah. So I went to I went to a um, treatment. I went for nine months. And at the end of nine months, I wanted to go some more. And they kept saying, you're ready to go home. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, I was ready to go home, but yeah. I didn't. I was terrified. Mm-hmm. How long were you in residential for the last time? Uh, uh, nine whole months because I did six weeks and then I redid six weeks because yeah. my mental illness was kind of severe during mm-hmm. the first six weeks. Oof, so they had me the redo time. it and then, yeah. yeah, and then I went to the, like the third phase for mm-hmm. another six months or six more months. Yeah. So, um, Good for you, like being aware, right? Like knowing you just needed more yeah. like, and sticking it out. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And when I when I got home, I mean, I, I never drank again. And I also went mm-hmm. for gambling because mm-hmm. uh, met a girl. She gambled online, online slots. I moved in with her because... I was drinking and wasn't paying my bills, so I didn't have any internet at my house, so I can't gamble at my house. Mm So I moved in with her because she had internet and she would put money in my account so I could online gamble and got addicted to that on my second spin. Oh, okay. Because I won $800 on the second spin. And that 800 bucks kept you going, eh? The dream of winning again kind of thing. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, there's a little thing that spins around that you mm-hmm. could get a chance to be in that jackpot to mm-hmm. win over a million. And you keep thinking, if I just keep playing, I'll I'll get that chance to win. Yeah. And then you get that chance and you don't win it. And then you got to... I'd play for three days. Mm. Straight. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff can be quite addicting, hey? Like- oh, man. Because everything about the, those games are designed to keep you hooked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sound, I mean, that's sights. why you win on the second spin or second or third. Yeah. And then I found out how you can write you can write checks on those things, e-checks, without having any money in the bank. Oh, wow. So I started doing illegal things that I mm. didn't even know I was doing illegal yeah. things. but. But then I could sit at home and be on the laptop and gamble and drink. Mm-hmm. It was great. For a while. Yeah, until yeah. it wasn't great. <laughs> until, you know, they came and took my car mm-hmm. and they were going to, you know, they would have taken my house. And I finally, I finally said, I can't do this. I need somebody mm-hmm. to step in and take over my finances. So yeah. I got a public trustee for a time because mm-hmm. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was going to lose yeah. everything. Yeah, no doubt, because it obviously got that bad. Yeah. Yeah, in such a short time, I gambled mm. for like six months, I think. Really, hey? Yeah. Doesn't take long, though. No, it's gambling is really insidious. Yeah, that's a good word, insidious, for it because it really, really is. Yeah, right? it it's is. a subtle. It's very subtle but powerful when you're in it. Yep. Yeah. And so I was working, and I was drinking at work. So then I just started popping codeine pills because mm. I didn't want anybody 
to know I was drinking at work, although I worked at a place where they we sold lottery tickets and a mm. lot of drunk people came in to buy their lottery tickets, so they wouldn't have cared that I was drinking anyway. Yeah. But but then I would sit there and do scratch tickets, mm. so I got addicted to those too. Yeah. Wow. You don't win anything on those stupid things. Yeah, I know. No. Right? Like five bucks here, five bucks yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever wins yeah. the jackpot is already dead. Like they're just pulling that name out of a graveyard somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody gives me a Christmas card and there's scratch tickets in it, uh, I'll just give it to somebody else. I don't. Yeah. I can't even sit there and watch somebody scratch that. Mm-hmm. So gambling is something I will never ever do again. Yeah. I don't like to call it drinking because when you say, "Well, I've been drinking," you sounds like I've been overindulging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to get mad at my therapist for because he'd say, how is the drinking? And I'm quick calling it that. I have a drink once in a while. Mm. And I've had gastric bypass surgery so I can have half of a can of something mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm content. I'm not drinking because I need to escape anything. Mm. I have a half a can of something because it's just enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Don't like the feeling of being drunk. So if I drink an entire can, I feel a little drunk and I don't like it. Mm. But I don't want to drink more. I don't have mm-hmm. to drink more. Now, that's not going to work for everybody. Yeah. And a lot of, of people not. have said to me, well, obviously you're not an alcoholic. So, but when you go into the program, they mm-hmm. say, you're the only one who can call yourself an alcoholic. Yep. I was an alcoholic. I consider myself recovered. Mm-hmm. This works for me. Yeah. I don't know if it would work for anybody else. Yeah. But I, it works for me. Yeah. And I, you know what? I can see lots of different stuff working for different people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and harm reduction is not the, it's not a brand new concept. Yeah. Right? Having yep. half a, half a can, like, honestly... Oftentimes, when we get defensive about the stuff that we're doing, it, because because what someone else does might might potentially minimize what we're doing. Yeah. So oftentimes, I, I get I hear that a lot from the rooms, like different people. It's yeah. just like, well, then that means the person's not an alcoholic. Well, yeah. I, it doesn't mean that at all. No. What it what it means is that the definition you're you're pulling from of an alcoholic is is almost a hundred years old. Yeah. First of all. Right. Yeah. So we, the science, anyone who disputes the fact that science has progressed since a hundred years ago, if you can honestly dispute that, that medical science has not expanded, that our right? understanding of yeah. those things, like, yeah. yeah. And, and again, we don't need to justify it because the truth of the matter is if it works for you, works it works for, for you. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Excellent. Yeah. And, and those, really those are the stories that I think are important. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we all... Everybody wants to have the perfect story of their life, right? Like how things went and, and all that. But mm-hmm. very rarely is it like that. Yeah. Right? Very rarely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started a page called Pamela's Journey to Herself because I was try- I'm trying to write a book. Mm-hmm. But my laptop really sucks. So until I get a new laptop, that I just started this mm-hmm. page on Facebook and really been enjoying video blogging. But my latest thing has been that people have no idea they could do was 
they didn't know that it's okay to feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. And that really blew me away. Yeah. Because you can feel really sad and just mm -hmm. feel it, but don't unpack and live there. So you can yeah. feel it for a while and then it's okay. The last Sunday and Saturday I was been I've been having some legal family issues and um I'm in a production of Beauty and the Beast and we had to do rehearsals and last Sunday I had a shitty day and I had to leave rehearsals because mm -hmm. I just couldn't do it. I just had to go. Yeah. This Sunday it's like, okay, you've been feeling your feelings. You have to go to rehearsal. And once you get to rehearsal, you're going to let them go. Mm -hmm. So I went to rehearsal and about half an hour later, finally like, okay, you can't do this. You need to be here. Mm -hmm. So I was able to let them go. So nice. I felt them for a while and then, okay, yeah, go. We need to move on from mm -hmm. this. I can't keep beating myself up. Where, where are you performing the play in Claire's home. Claire's home. Yes. Right on. This is my second musical, and I'm not no singer. Okay. So what what but, got you interested in a musical, or it's just one of those things you wanted to check off the list? Last year, I wanted to be in a musical at Senior Center, and you can be a senior at Senior Center when you're 45. So, oh wow! Yeah. Oh man, um, shit! I'm a so, senior. <laughs> <laughs> but then I went shit. to Mexico and had surgery on that performance date, mm -hmm. so I did the I practiced. So this year, I did it with the Senior Center, and then mm -hmm. this. We have Claire's Home Art Society, and some of my friends said, you need to, you know, go for Beauty and the Beast because mm -hmm. you're hilarious. So the day before rehearsals, I had this, I'd already decided, nope, not doing it. Oh, really? Yeah. Can't do it. Too chicken. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a singer. I don't mm -hmm. know what to perform because you're supposed to go to the rehearsal and not perform anything from Beauty and the Beast, too. Oh, so I have okay. no idea what to do. Yeah. So, in true Pamela fashion, the, at midnight, somebody said, you know what, you can do this. So, at midnight, I just said, okay, I can do this. So, I needed to find something that I could do. So, mm -hmm. I did um, the Lion King, you know, or Pomone, uh, Timon does the, uh, what do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the hula? Oh, yeah. Oy. So I dressed up in a onesie. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a raccoon, but I said, just pretend I'm a mere cat. And I had mm -hmm. a hula skirt on. And, and That's perfect. And that's what I did. And I got in. So. <laughs> that sounds like fun. So at 2 o'clock in the morning, I had my routine down, went and did it. Got a phone call yeah. a few days later. And I'm in a musical. Good for you. Boom, just like that. Yeah. And did you sing? Um, I don't have to sing by myself, um, oh. thank goodness, because yeah, I'm not a singer. I was feeling your pain. I'm like, but yeah. see, you don't have to be a singer to be in a musical. Mm -hmm. it kind of blows my mind. And I play a male, and I kind of like that. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Gaston crony. Are you? And well, I'm also a whisk too, so I get to do some dancing. Oh, but nice! I play a few parts, but yeah. Do you like to dance? I do. I started. A friend of mine is a Nia instructor, and Nia is like a martial arts dance. Mm -hmm. And um, 
before I had my surgery is when I started doing it. So I weighed mm-hmm. 305 pounds a year and a half ago. And um, I couldn't, I had to do it sitting down. Mm-hmm. So I try to move my feet as much as I can sitting down in my arms. Because um, I was a candidate for knee replacement and everything. Yeah. I went and had gastric bypass surgery and lost 145 pounds. 145? Yes. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> and Okay, um, before you move on, can you just I'm tell doing, me yeah. what it's like to lose 145 pounds overnight? So, the first thing I had to do was learn to love myself at 305 pounds. Mm-hmm. That was hard. <laughs> it's tough at any given time, yeah. It is, yeah. And... My family was against it. They, mm-hmm. My sister said, you're taking the easy way out. There was nothing about this that was easy. Yeah. Um, I had a friend take me to a well-respected doctor in Mexico because mm-hmm. you can't just go to anybody. Yeah. Got the surgery, had a little bit of a holiday, came back. And I had the surgery last June. Uh, yeah, so I went from 305 pounds to 160. Wow. That's just amazing. That's rapid weight loss, yep. And did you, like, so obviously you felt that right away. Like, the because that's like another person. Yeah. Right, that they took. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow, I can't even mm-hmm. imagine. Yep. Did I... you walk, like, straighter the day after where you're like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> this is weird. I can, like, stand up totally straight. My knees don't hurt as bad. Yep. Did that start happening? Yeah. Yeah. I'm no longer a candidate for knee surgery. Oh, nice. I do yoga. I love yoga. I freaking love yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my dream to take, I like to be a trauma yoga teacher. Wow. So, yeah, I'm cool. going to take my certification as soon as I can. Yeah. Right I on. love yoga. Yeah. So, um, and the Nia is, I do that. So. Mm-hmm. And so what's a Nia? That's the, that's the it's martial arts. It's a martial arts. arts dance. Is it like Tai Chi kind of thing? I'm sorry. I'm trying to picture it. It's not quite like Tai Chi. It's more like... It's hard to describe. Faster yeah, than Tai Chi? It's a lot faster, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it's a good workout. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah. okay, so you drop a whole body, mm-hmm. and then the last year and a bit, you've been, like, what's, so what's Pamela's journey to herself? Where where have you been, and what is it looking like from here? I, th- this is a whole new life for me. Mm-hmm. I've never I I have I've never been I can't remember the last time I was happy like this. Yeah. Um I I live in joy, which is a lot different for me. I mean, 40 mm-hmm. years in the desert. Um I but I mean, and that's because I started stepping out of those little boxes you're supposed to live in. Mm-hmm. Or you feel like you're supposed to live in. Yeah. And just experiencing life. Mm-hmm. I used to think as a person with mental illness, I had the corner on the 
market or whatever the saying is on misery mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there that experience misery i'm not mm -hmm. not the only person yeah we're definitely not alone eh? and but now i can experience it for a short period of time and then mm -hmm. say goodbye to it yeah that's important to be able to mm -hmm. not live in it yeah and, and really like we'll be get into the habit of living in it it just basically brings more darkness right like darkness upon darkness yeah yeah and and i mean so what kind of things do you do daily so you do yogurt <laughs> yogurt yogurt obviously i'm <laughs> hungry hey like yeah we do yoga mm -hmm. and you do the martial arts dance yeah um what else do you do so what else do you do for your health like for to help you balance your health because obviously and what i've seen of your stuff on facebook is that very positive like you're mm -hmm. you come across as a very much a person who enjoys life yes and so like how do you enjoy it like what are some other things that you like to do <laughs> um i i just moved into a new house where i have a there's a bomb shelter, so I could, uh, really? it's my little workshop. We call it the bomb shelter. All my neighbors are going to come yeah. if the sky starts falling because it, <laughs> it looks like a bomb shelter. Man, but, if it was a bomb shelter, that's pretty cool. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can finally have my tools out after having them yeah. packed away for seven years. And Tools? Tools, power tools. Okay. And I had to get rid of some like years ago, and now like somebody just gifted me a really badass little table saw nice so so what kind of stuff do you do carpentry or anything i build things all the time i just built myself a huge coffee table out of hmm. pallets oh did you yeah cool without tearing them apart because they're impossible to tear apart oh the pallets. If you're gonna build something out of pallets you gotta build as the pallets are because <laughs> it does make it easier to, yeah yeah much easier i i just love building and I, i'm in this huge house and i move from 800 square feet to 2400 wow. and everybody's like it's just you I'm like yeah but i need this room i love mm. this room i feel like i don't feel well you've said so... you've been in a box since you were little yeah right yeah yeah now you got a bigger box yeah doesn't even feel like a box it's no so big. spreading much just you, you can can just stretch out yeah and the cats can run around they're a lot happier how many cats do you have two nice they were both rescues one from crack house her name is crackers crackers yeah and joseph <laughs> came from a girl up so yeah yeah joseph and crackers yeah man i love it and crackers you know she's got a, quite a story of recovery because yeah. I've had her for seven years, and she's finally snuggling with me. Because mm. she knows that you're snuggly now. Yeah. Your heart's so, snuggly. Yeah, so both of cool. us recovered to the point where she hmm. feels like she can come snuggle. That's awesome. Yeah, so. Cool. So you got your pets. Yep. Obviously, we've got sugar. Yep, and yep. so for the last seven years, I've had a a public trustee, mm -hmm. the government, because yep. I didn't, I didn't want that between family, because that can make it difficult. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, so 
Um, I've been declared financially competent. Mm -hmm. I asked for the public trustee in the first place. So it went to court and got that. Now I've asked for it back and the psychiatrist said, sure. So. Oh, great. He, I've been declared financially competent. So. Well, congratulations. I'm looking forward to paying my own bills and stuff. Yeah. That seems like a big deal to me. I'm sorry. It does. It really is a big deal. Yeah. And you know, if you can't do it, there's no shame in saying I can't do this. I would not even go to the post office to pick up the bills because I mm-hmm. didn't want to look at them. Yeah. And that didn't have a whole lot to do with the the drinking or anything mm-hmm. that I, you know, couldn't pay for them. I just wouldn't pay for them even if I could. Yeah. It stressed me out to look at them. Mm-hmm. So I just leave them at the post office. Wow. Yeah. Nobody at the post office pays them. So... <laughs> You don't get paid. <laughs> I, I admire you trying, though. Yeah, I admire yeah. the effort. Yeah. To let the post office it's, pay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy having a public mm. trustee because, you know, if you want something, you can ask. It doesn't mean you're going to get it. Yeah. Like if it's too frivolous. It can be very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they can say, sure, you can buy a used camper. And then when you find the used camper, they'll change their mind. Mm-hmm. So it's, it wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, but I had to learn to accept, okay, this is what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And I have family that it's fighting against it because they don't see who I am today. Mm-hmm. They are like, well, you've obviously forgotten how you were. And I feel like saying, well, maybe you could forget a little bit about how I was Mm -hmm. and get to know me for who I am today. But I hurt people. I Mm -hmm. hurt people deeply. We we hurt people. Yeah, we do. Um, And that's her journey Mm -hmm. to let that go if she ever does. I don't know. Um, so she is fighting it. So Mm -hmm. I've got a lawyer to represent me. So, um, I'm pretty confident it's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. We won't have to talk about that because if you've got a lawyer doing it, that's, let them do that business. Yeah. I mean, I hurt her deeply. And when my parents were passing away, my family didn't want me to be there. Mm -hmm. I hurt them deeply. So. But they're still living there. I don't have to live there yeah, still. That's right. It's not so, yours to bear anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. I've moved on from that. I've forgiven myself mm-hmm. for hurting people. That's cool. all you can do. That's all you got. It's the only yeah. thing you can control. Yeah. Cool. So did you ever imagine you'd be at a place in your life where you'd be enjoying your life. Hell no. I thought I'd be dead before 25 at my own hand. Yep. My mom, when she was alive, her worst nightmare was coming to visit me and coming into my house and finding me dead. Mm -hmm. That was what she lived with for a long time. Every time she came to my house, she thought, I don't know what I'm going to find in there. So That's hard. Yeah. Now I'm... (laughs) So, yeah, I... I thought for sure I was in such dark 
deep despair before 25 years mm -hmm. old that I was like, 25 is way too long to suffer, mm -hmm. way too long. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can relate to that. Thought for sure I wouldn't mm -hmm. make it to 25. Yeah. And I'm 52. Good job. And life is <laughs> fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. I had no idea it would be like this. Mm -hmm. No idea. I wish my mom was here to see it, but yeah. she's not. She can see so. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I still wish she's here yeah. to see it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It would have been nice, eh, to be able to, to get something positive to show them before they went. Yeah. You know? And I never thought, I thought when my mom died, I'd kill myself. Yeah. But... Luckily, when mom passed away, I was, I wasn't in a really, I wasn't in a great space like I am now, mm -hmm. but I was in a better space. Yeah. So. But now yeah. you're, now you're ready though, right? Like mm -hmm. you're ready, like whatever, do you have any idea what's coming for you? Like what your plan, do you have any plans on something you're going to be doing <laughs> soon or? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have lots of plans. So. Mm -hmm. I want to start a nonprofit organization. Yeah. Um, in Claire's home, we have a place called the Claire's Home um, Center for Mental Health and Addictions, mm -hmm. and there's people there for uh, uh, concurrent disorders. There's mm -hmm. people who live there long term, and there's also acute mental health. Sugar, <laughs> honey. Sugar, sweetie. <laughs> it's okay. Um, um, so, and we have a great mental health clinic and so there's, a, and then there's a lot of people who move out mm -hmm. of the center and live in Claire's home. Yeah. Um, that's what I did at one point in 2004 and moved out, no, in 19, before I got pregnant, yeah. I moved out of the center and into the community. So mm -hmm. that's how I got to know Claire's home. So we have a high percentage of people living with mental illness mm -hmm. i don't like to say suffering because we're yeah. not all suffering some of us have suffered but i like to say living it's got mm -hmm. a little more positive so i was driving by a young man the other day and i thought i wonder if i wonder if he his life is fulfilled mm -hmm. And then I thought, you know what? I know his life isn't fulfilled. I wonder what his wildest dream is. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I can make that come true. Now I can't make that come true. Maybe I can make that come true. So then I started thinking about it. So I'm going to start a nonprofit. I, I might be a little crazy, but... Um, <laughs> well, anyone so, who's thinking of starting a nonprofit is a little bit crazy. A little crazy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love... To see people come to me and say, this is my wildest dream, my wildest dream, whatever, and mm -hmm. be able to make it come true yeah. for them. So if their wildest dream is to, I don't know, go to a Rough Riders game or something in Regina yeah. or whatever, we'll send them off to it. So I need to figure out how to start out an mm. organization and funding. And I've already... I know you've got to have three people. I've already chosen a wingman, so I'm yep. waiting for that third person to just come on my heart. Mm. And, you know, it'll just say, I'm supposed to ask that person to be the third. Yeah, and that's so, for your board, right? 
So you have a yeah yeah so yeah. you have three at least three yeah. on the board yeah. Cool. And then we'll it's when exciting. that third person comes on my heart, we'll go from there, and then we'll yeah. figure out how to do things. Perfect. Um, I run the Claire's Home and District Citizens on Patrol, so mm-hmm. we're kind of like a. I think Calgary does it still have block watch? Do we have block watch still? I don't know. I haven't anyway. seen a sign in a window for a long time, right? Remember <laughs> those old was, signs? That was the parents thing. This is more crime related. Kind oh, of thing. okay. So we drive around and Oh, I got you. Okay, that's different, yeah. Look for crime, but I Yeah, the I block run, watch used to be they used to watch from their home, right? Yeah. Yeah. Block yeah. parent. Block parent, yeah. And then there yeah. was block watch that was more crime yeah patrol yeah. oriented yeah. yeah so i have a little bit of experience running a not profit because mm-hmm. i've been president for the last couple of years so yeah oh good yeah i've well, done you, some you're ready raising funds and stuff for that so actually we we got to i get these wild and crazy ideas and the day before halloween all of a sudden i decided we're gonna go out in my car and patrol on Halloween and we're going to hand out candy and mm. in rubber gloves and I'm going to put a huge spider on the car and a, and stuff so that's mm-hmm. what we did. Cool. I made a huge ass spider for the top of the car and I put a I put a spider web all over it mm-hmm. and signs and we went out I dressed in a onesie cuz onesies are the best thing. Oh. It's cold. You put on a onesie over top of your pants, your clothes, you're golden. I saw so, a kid go, like, we were yeah. going to eat yesterday, my buddy and I, and yeah. I saw a kid in a onesie, like a unicorn yeah. onesie, and I'm like, oh, I want to beat that kid up and take that onesie. Right? <laughs> but he was like 15, he would take my, kick my ass, so I just left him alone. Yeah. Yeah. He might have been 10, yeah. I have several. Do you? you yeah. Better in a snowsuit, you just put one of those <laughs> things on over top of your clothes, you're golden. What's your favorite onesie? Uh, my trash panda. Trash Panda? Yeah. The raccoon? Yeah. 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 He's Trash Pandas are pretty awesome. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. I want one. I, I don't blame or you. Or several. Yeah, yeah. Or, or a whole family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of my dreams is when I do this get this yoga certification, I want to have a yoga goat. Mm-hmm. A yoga therapy goat. Yoga um, therapy goat, man. But the little town I live in, you can't have goats. Oh, and there's no goats that you can keep in your house at this time. So. Oh, so I didn't realize you couldn't have goats. I guess Some they don't want towns, people. I think you can. Within depends on your town oh, what your bylaws are. Bylaws. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just want one goat. Yeah. One little goat. And there's there's not a breed of goats right now either that you can keep a goat in the house. Oh, really. okay. Well, that makes sense, though. I mean, so, if you, there was a goat you could keep in the house, I might be able to get away yeah. with it. But I bet you we'll people see. do it. They just don't tell anybody. It'll just come around. All of a sudden, somebody will be like, hey, do you want a therapy goat? Yeah. I'll say, sure. They'll say, come get it. Well, they have people traveling on airlines with, like, therapy chickens and stuff. Yeah, I heard there's like therapy chickens, therapy pigs. You can bring them on board yeah. now. And the, there's some towns that now they let you have a certain amount of chickens in your yard. Yeah, that's right. Because so that's a new Alberta thing, isn't goats it? Goats are coming. Yeah. Be able to have a goat. Yeah, because you can't I have chickens now. Just a little goat. 
Don't have to be a big goat. Yeah. And then I have this huge deck. So, like huge deck. Mm -hmm. Like you have not seen a deck. Like it's bigger than this space here. Is it? So it's pretty wow. darn big. So that's a nice deck. Yeah. So I could have yoga on it. Nice. Yeah. So yoga on the deck. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So we have dreams and. Well, good. And Goals. It's amazing. I'm glad. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, this life is pretty amazing. And I know, I mean, so through this Pamela's journey to herself, I have people um, that message me. I have no idea who they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, I mean, I don't tell anybody what we talked about, but I have a lot of people message me, have no idea who they are. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people out there that feel like they have no one to talk to mm -hmm. or that no one will understand. So I think you just got to find that one person mm -hmm. that you can yeah. talk to. But also what I know from being really, really mentally ill, you cannot just rely on one person mm -hmm. to carry you. Yeah, that's a good point. Because they will burn out yeah. and then they will walk away. Mm -hmm. I've walked Sugar, away from here. people. Yeah. I've walked away from, mm -hmm. I've had to. Sometimes you, you just, you're friends with somebody and you have to tap out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Right? Like, and it's, it's not a slag on anybody else. It's nope. just... Your journey's yours, right? Mental illness is a shitty, shitty thing. Yeah, it is. Yep. And it takes up a lot of energy, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I think that's yep. a good point when we, when we say don't just rely on one person. Yeah. Because one person will break. Yeah. Right? And it's hard to... You, nobody wants to tell their story 10 times, right? So yeah. it's, if you can get the same people, that's great. Yeah. And have a nice support network, right? Yeah. I had this job, so I worked. Here I bought this quiet, good dog, and all she's doing is whining at the door. <laughs> <laughs> she usually is so quiet. So I worked at, I used to go to this place called the Clubhouse in Claire's mm -hmm. home, and it was for people living with mental illness. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a thrift store, and I worked in the thrift store. I've just recently walked away from it all mm -hmm. because all of a sudden it wasn't healthy for me anymore but um i can't remember wh where i was going with that um much sure oh yeah when i did walk away i was going to the mental health clinic and um just because you're involved in mental health programs doesn't mean it's a positive thing. Mm. Not all programs are equal, is what you're saying. Um, sometimes the people can mm. be not so healthy. I gotcha. Um, I had to walk away because I felt like I was being abused verbally and emotionally. Mm. And I walked away. And my... My... 
counselor said to me, well, you are the one with the mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you can go try to get help and you get more stigma. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm the one with the mental illness doesn't mean I need to be called an asshole every day. Yeah, no. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uh, looking forward to getting discharged from the mental health clinic and not just because of getting stigma there, mm. but because I don't need it anymore. But I also said I'll be the first person to say I need to come back and see somebody because yeah. I'm not dealing right now. Yeah. So I need to come talk to somebody. That makes perfect sense why you'd want to be finished. Yep. Yeah. Like it yep. makes a lot of sense because you're right. You, the only way you can move forward is by moving forward. Yeah. You know, you can talk about it. And if we talk about it and stay still, we're still st there, yep. right? We haven't moved. So good yep. for you. Yeah. Good. And that must be scary though, right? Like, is it scary to think about your self being disconnected from Well, there? it would have been a year ago, yeah. I think. But I don't go there much. Yeah. And I've never had a psychiatrist I respected, and it was mm -hmm. probably more of the space I was in yeah. than, you know, any of the psychiatrists, because yeah. you're not feeling well, and and you're having issues, and you're drinking and doing all these mm -hmm. things, and, you know, they're trying to tell you what the real deal is, and all you want to do is tell them to fuck off, so... And go drink, yeah. I mean, so I think this is more of where I am, but... Mm -hmm. I can sit there and talk to him like we're talking. I've never been able to do that before. Yeah. And uh, I can tell him, hey, you know what? This is what I want to do. This is what I need. This is what I need you to do. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. We're done. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, you, I mean. It blows my mind. It blows my mind too, right? Yeah. But it's also that, that old saying of who knows better than the person going through it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so once once the professional can slow down and stop talking long enough to listen to the patient or client or yeah. whatever, right? Um, then you're going to get some real information mm -hmm. from that human, not just mm -hmm. from the diagnosis, right? Like yeah. from the actual human with that diagnosis yeah. who is living with the mental illness. I like how you said that too earlier. You said that living, living because yeah. it's true. Like we don't always suffer. No. Sometimes we're suffering. Sometimes, sometimes we're, we're suffering. But most of the time, we're living with it. Yeah. We're not suffering from it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I really like that that distinction. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, when you, mm -hmm. like, if I was diabetic, I wouldn't say I'm suffering with diabetes. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> you would, yeah, you probably would say you have diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I've started saying is... either dies by suicide or, um, yeah, it usually dies by suicide mm. because the committing suicide, if somebody commits suicide, it's not a crime they've committed. Mm -hmm. Although, yeah. I mean, that's why it's written that way because... Well, they, there's judgment in that. Yeah. Right. There's definite. Yeah. There's definite judgment, and that yeah. judgment comes from a place that most of us are well aware of. Right. Yeah. That judgment of what happens when someone takes their life, and and like we're rethinking this. There's lots of people that are rethinking this whole. I think I, I know I'm not the only one. Like yeah. who's who's 
been rethinking the whole idea of suicide for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Of, and the reason is, is because we lose friends, right? Yeah. Um, we lose friends to suicide. And, and mm-hmm. now, like, I have to wonder if when a friend has taken, successfully taken their life, um, it's not for me to judge whether they should have or not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not for anybody. No. It's, yeah. it's for me to be honest about how I feel about it. Like, I yeah. feel, you know, when, when it happens, we feel awful. It like, hurts. It sucks. It's grief, right? It's yeah. that deep grief. But it doesn't mean we have to, like, add on to that judgment. No. Right? It's okay to just feel grief that our friend passed away. Right? Passed away as opposed if, to... Yeah. If you think you're in pain, imagine yeah. how much pain I had to be yeah. to do that. And you would know, just like I would know, yeah. because we were in that pain and we yeah. tried, yeah. right? And so coming from that place, do you, do you like, I guess what I'm getting at in a long, in a long roundabout way is do you, part of your gratitude when you wake up, do you just realize like, holy shit, like I probably should not be here. And so that to me, that adds to my gratitude some days yeah. when I can picture it, right? Like when I can picture the last suicide attempt, when I wake up in my own blood and vomit yeah. and, and bodily functions, yeah. right? We can, we can absolutely say, oh shit, like. The dog tripped or something. Oh. She's being, she's usually so quiet. She's okay. You know oh, what? Boy. She's okay. We're almost done. We're almost done. <laughs> and so she'll get to be free. Um, I, I got to tell you guys a joke, though. The dog keeps reminding me. This morning, I was at my home group, and I'm not going to use any names, but there was like literally the the kid, there was seven seven or eight kids in the room, uh-huh. right? And it was basically like a shit show in there. Every time somebody would start talking, then the kids would start yelling and doing what kids do, right? Because that's what kids do. Yeah. So of course. I, I love kids, especially because they're not my own. So I get to just enjoy the fact that they're creating all this chaos and I'm not accountable for that chaos. So yeah. I get to just sit there and watch it. And I swear, like, remember Magda? We had this lady Magda on the, on the podcast last year. Wonderful woman. Love her to death. Like, she's just such a unique creature, right? But she, she comes by and she thought one of the little toddlers had gone out because I sit by the door. So... She thought they'd gone out and she looks at me and she goes, did you see the baby? And I said, what baby? And, and she goes, well, did the baby go out? And I'm like, I could care less. <laughs> and uh, she goes, she actually believed me. Oh. She's like, what do you mean? And I said, oh, I'm not their baby. They're not mine. <laughs> yeah. I, for all I know, I, I'm pretty sure I heard a car door, <laughs> car door close outside and the kid go out. Yeah. And she goes, really? I'm like, no, I'm kidding. Like the kid's over there. <laughs> like and it was, and I just said, I'm kidding. And, and she just had this really pained look like, oh my God, I totally misjudged you, Dave. You're a jerk. <laughs> but obviously I was kidding. The child yeah. didn't leave the room yeah. because I kept grabbing the kid's hand and yeah. redirecting him back into the room. Right. But I, it was so funny. And it was the same with the dog because a party of the brain goes, well, it would be nicer if it was quieter, yeah. right? But then, of course, you realize, That's why? not the way life always is. Life is not neat. It's not <laughs> quiet, right? Yeah. Like, and look at that cute doggo. And she's cute. Sugar, you're adorable. <laughs> so yeah. is there anything you'd like to tell anyone who's struggling? 
where like any kind of thing that you carry with you as like not like a mantra so much as like something that might have stuck with you i i say to myself a lot you can do this mm -hmm. you can do this yeah. even if it's even if it's something like i don't feel like i can get out of bed you know what? You can do this. Mm -hmm. It might take you an hour, but you can do this. Mm -hmm. And if at the end of the day, that's all you did was get out of bed, that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's really okay. Some days it's good enough, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I've been, <laughs> I've been even, when I lived in Calgary, I was, I didn't even leave my house. Mm -hmm. I didn't even go out into the backyard. I used to go, you know, buy, try to go buy groceries and get freaked out in the grocery store and just leave my bucket there. Mm -hmm. Or if I went out in public, if I saw somebody I knew, and in Calgary, that's sometimes hard to see. Yeah. But if I saw somebody I knew, I knew in the mall, I'd turn around, and leave, and go home. Yeah. Um, so it's just, mm -hmm. I, I have no issues going out now, but. I still sometimes have to wear mm -hmm. the fucking cape if I feel yeah. like I need, if I want to go out yeah. somewhere. Um, so, I mean, I've come a long way, but sometimes mm -hmm. that's all I can do is get out of bed. Yeah. Going off these meds has been damn hard. Yeah, that's fucking hard. So, like, to really relearning how to sleep after mm -hmm. years and years and years and years and years on Cirque is hard. My mm -hmm. body's not used to just sleeping. Yeah. It's used to just being drugged. Mm -hmm. So some some days it takes me an an, yeah. an hour to get out of bed, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Yeah. And it's good that, like, to be able to be patient with yourself. Yep. Right? I really want to call this episode, Wear the Fucking Cape. That's what I Wear want to call it. Wear the Fucking Cape. Can we call it that? See, yeah. Okay. I I'll really would like to call it I'll send you a picture of me and my fucking cape, Please too. do. I'll, I'll let know, you. Man, I should have wore it today. See, I wasn't scared to come mm -hmm. here. And this is a pretty big fucking deal. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a Especially life. Especially when you think, you know, what? many years ago, I wouldn't even go out in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And here, I just drove to Calgary and went, did some shopping and drove here. It's amazing. And honestly, yeah. I'm, sh I'm surprised and grateful that you came. You were talking about the gratitude thing. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so usually my gratitude is... I can't believe I'm in this much fucking joy. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I was in Walmart trying on um, um, winter coats. Pink, of course, because, mm -hmm. you know, I've got the pink hair, so yeah, it's pink. Um, so this is kind of my trademark, and it usually is sticking straight up. Mm -hmm. I forget to brush it most of the time. Um, but the girl working in Walmart's, doesn't even know me. And she looked at me and she said, wow, you just exude joy. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. You do. Wow. Gone from deep, 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 mm -hmm. deep, dark, dark, dark to just joy. That's far out, man. It is far out. Yeah. It's groovy. Yeah, it really It's is. wild. I never thought I would be here. Yeah. Like I said, I thought I would be yeah. gone before 25 because I would have taken myself out. Mm -hmm. I was hoping I was going to be gone before that. Yeah, because yeah. 25 is way too long to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah. 
Well, Pamela, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming. We could we could talk for hours. I think, I, I just realized yeah. that because every he showed me it was we were at almost an hour. Hour ten now, yeah, that was twenty minutes ago. He showed me the time, yeah, and I was like, I gave him a thumbs up, and then I just totally like forgot about forgot. it. <laughs> yeah, but I really appreciate you coming in. I appreciate you leaving your comfort zone um, of your home and mm-hmm. coming into Calgary. Um, thank you for bringing sugar, because even though she's making noise, it doesn't bother me. I yeah. love it. Like the dog yeah. being here is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your story with us. It's just. As long as people know they can feel their feels, but don't unpack and live there. That's my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. That's my thing right now. Yeah. yeah. Don't, you don't have to live there. You can feel it and move through it, eh? Yeah. 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 And let it be. Yep. I heard something interesting the other day. See, this is why we could go on all night. Is yeah. We both, we both have like an active brain. <laughs> but I heard it, uh, what was it? Not Instead of letting it go, mm-hmm. this person suggested just let it be. Yeah. Because letting it be is easier than letting it go. It is. Because if you find that you're still dragging it around, you can still just let it be. Yeah. You don't have to look yeah. at it. You don't have to touch yeah. it. You can just let it be. Just, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like the analogy to just don't unpack and live there. Yeah. So, because I unpacked and lived there for far too long. Mm-hmm. Don't want to do it again. Yeah. I can't be oh, there. I, I can't. I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is only, all that feels like is death there. Yeah. Yeah. Because eventually, yeah. where else are you going to go? Yeah. Thank you so much. That was fun. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedoms Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.